And a very good morning behind the scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio. Our guest in studio joining us several times a month from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County talking about agriculture is Rory Levandusky. Rory, as always, good morning. Happy to have you in here today. Hi, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, on today's program with Rory, we're reviewing the topic of calf management based on presentations from the Northeast Ohio Dairy Conference, which uh, took place back on February 20th here in Worcester at the fisher Schisler Conference Center on the OERDC campus. The theme of that conference was on growing and managing dairy replacement animals. Rory, uh, can you provide some context then from that conference for today's discussion, some of the things that were, were gone over there? Sure. Well, one of the featured presenters at that conference was Mike Van Amberg from Cornell University Animal Science Department. Uh, Mike is a recognized expert in dairy calf and heifer management, and he gave several excellent presentations on both calf and heifer management, utilizing uh, both his and, and other researchers' information. I'd like to draw from that today, beginning with uh, the goals of a dairy animal replacement program. Well, Rory, I, th- I think... Uh about dairy enterprises, and, and I'm sure most people recognize that raising replacement animals while necessary generally is an expense without any associated income generation. Uh, do goals for a dairy animal replacement program address the economics? Because no matter what we're talking about, economics is important. Right, and, and you're right, Ron. Uh, that's a good question. It is a, a cost center. Uh, uh, and according to Van Amberg, uh, raising dairy replacement animals actually accounts for between 20 to 30 percent of the total cost of a dairy operation. So uh, keeping those costs in mind, uh, his recommendations, uh, he says that you need to have goals or objectives for a herd replacement program that focus on that return on investment. And the primary goal then is to raise the highest quality heifer that can maximize profits when it enters the milking herd. You do that by minimizing the percent of animals that are, are born and never enter the lactation. So you want to make sure that they get to the point where they enter that milking string. And then you want to make sure that uh, when they do, that you optimize the productivity of the animal by managing them for their genetic potential starting at birth. Okay. Genetic potential starting at birth. I mean, that's kind of like a, a, a long-term right. uh, end game. You know, what does this involve, Rory? On past programs, we've talked uh, quite a bit about the importance of colostrum. Are we talking about more than colostrum management? It goes beyond that, I'm assuming. Right, it does. Uh, Certainly there are other management factors involved, but uh, that colostrum management really is, it's the foundation to build on. And uh, Van Amberg in his first uh, presentation at the conference had some interesting uh, data that he presented. It focused on the importance of colostrum and some research that indicates colostrum actually has some non-nutritive components that make significant contributions to the development of the gastrointestinal tract of the animal. Uh, That helps to stimulate cell proliferation, cell differentiation, and protein synthesis, uh, all things that that calf needs to really get off to a great start. Uh, Research also is indicating that cows actually produce colostrum for at least four days after calving based on an analysis of of those milk components. So one of Van Amberg's recommendations uh, based on that research then was to feed calves colostrum for four days uh, before switching to a milk replacer because of some of the additive benefits of those non-nutritive components found in those early milkings. Okay, Rory, as we move from that newborn calf and and those first crucial feedings of colostrum and into a, a milk replacer, what are some important management factors there when you make that transition? 
Yeah. Well, here again, uh, Van Amberg stressed a couple of points. Uh, he mentioned the human factor. Uh, so we're getting back to some of those uh, additional factors outside of colostrum. But the human factor involved in calf management and the need to understand calf nutrient requirements uh, as regards feeding that calf. So here's a couple of examples that he used. Uh, with regard to the human factor, he threw up a, a picture on the slideshow of a, of a calf hutch surrounded by snow, and then another photo of a calf inside a, a barn with the calves nestled down into straw. Now the point he made there was that uh, we can do a good job out in those hutches and in the barn, but uh, when the people are caring for calves need to work in adverse weather conditions. Uh, sometimes it's maybe a little bit easier to cut some corners with feeding, uh, some of those daily care routines, uh, maybe overlook some details and skip that extra minute that you might take in a more comfortable environment to observe the calves behavior and see if everything is normal. So that, that human factor. Uh, then Van Amberg uh, said that he gets questions from calf managers about poor calf performance and He'll ask him, well, how much energy is the calf receiving? And he said his typical reply is, I don't know. Uh, I feed the calf, you know, maybe a half a bucket uh, of milk replacer twice a day. Or he might get something like, uh, I give the calf four quarts of milk replacer twice a day. His point here is the nutritional thing. Uh, calves have basic maintenance energy requirements. It's measured in terms of megacalories. It's determined by body weight and environmental conditions. In order to gain weight, additional energy is, is required. So milk replacers vary in their energy and protein content. So calf managers really need to start thinking in terms of, well, how much energy am I supplying? How much protein is the animal getting? Then they have to relate that to the volume fed. So he said, think in terms of nutrients, similar as you would if I ask you about a cow ration, rather than thinking in terms of buckets and bottles. So again, make ration adjustments then to take into account both cold and heat stress. Joining us once again this morning from the OSU Extension Office talking agricultural issues is Rory Lewandowski. Rory, you mentioned weight gain. So, you know, obviously calves need to gain weight to grow. But is there a goal of what the rate gain should be as you move forward so you can kind of notch it and kind of know Okay, we're a little bit ahead of the curve, we're a little bit behind it. Yeah, that's another excellent point, Ron. So uh, the goal uh, typically is to double body weight from birth to weaning, and we're going to say weaning's at 56 days of age. So growth efficiency in terms of feed cost per pound of gain are greatest for young calves. You want to take advantage of, of their efficiencies. So calf managers should feed to achieve target gains of anywhere from maybe 1.8 to about 2 pounds of gain per day. Now, Van Amberg showed some results from a study that tracked calf feed use and cost across several farms with varying housing systems. One farm had the goal to be a low-cost farm, and its feed cost per calf was $2.65 a day, compared to two other farms that had feed cost of $3 a day and then $3.72 a day, so considerably higher. However, Van Amberg then pointed out that the figure farms really need to focus on is the feed cost per pound of gain because that's where calves are really efficient. So in that case then, that low cost per day farm had the highest feed cost per pound of gain. So he was spending $2.65 a day, but his cost per pound of gain was $3.94. Well, that farm uh, that spent $3.72 per calf per day had a cost per pound of gain of $1.97. And that farm that spent $3 per calf per day 
had the lowest cost per pound of gain at $1.69. So really a big difference between $3.94 and $1.69. And again, average daily gain explained those differences. The low cost farm had an average daily gain of only 0.67 pounds per day, while that farm that had the lowest cost per pound of gain had an average daily gain of 2.0. So again, it's all about capturing efficiencies of gain. Rory, beyond the, the economics and the gain efficiency, are there any other reasons to keep a calf on a higher nutritional diet early in life? You know, is it something that's simply better for it? Yeah, that again, another good question. So it, it turns out uh, there are research studies that show providing calves with an increased nutrient intake in those first 56 days of life are really crucial. They actually translate into increased milk yields in the animal's first lactation. So you have that you know, really kind of a long-term effect there. Van Amberg showed some data at the dairy conference that indicated that for every one pound of average daily gain, you get an increase of about 1,500 pounds of additional milk that could be expected in the first lactation. Uh, so let's go back to that previous example where that farm uh, had an average daily gain of 0.67 pounds per day, and then the the other farm had an average daily gain of 2.0. So the difference, if you subtract that, is 1.33 pounds. Now, if you multiply that times uh, for every pound, you get 1,500. That means the calf with the two pound per day average daily gain would be expected to produce an additional uh, almost 2,000, about uh, 1,995 pounds of milk in the first lactation as compared to that other calf, all other factors being equal. So again, how you treat them that first 56 days, very important. Rory, as we wrap up today, what final comments would you have regarding calf management and, and, and how that translates to the post-weaning heifer? Yeah, well, again, according to Van Amberg, uh, optimizing nutrition and average daily gains allows those calves to reach breeding weight sooner and then results in a, a lower age at first calving. That lower age at first calving means a lower heifer raising cost, so you're saving some, some dollars there. And those animals also tend to have more milk production days and greater lifetime milk yields. And again, I hope to explore some of those topics in more detail uh, on our next program. As always, Rory, uh, where can someone get more information about the topic of calf management? Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office. Our phone number is 330-264-8722. We'd be glad to provide uh, any of the information that we talked about today. Once again, our guest in studio this morning has been Rory Lewandowski from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County talking agriculture. More on the way. Hope you'll stay tuned as we check in with your area weather forecast up next. Rory, as always, Thanks again for coming in. We look forward to seeing you next time around. You're welcome. Thanks, Ron.